0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The kids are playing and laughing. The house is filled with the life you've worked so hard to build. You're committed to protecting this life and everyone in it. Life Insurance from USAA
1: can help. Call 1-800-531-LIFE for a quote. Hello! Hi, Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We have Mike Renner once again from Pro Football Focus. How are you today?
0: I'm doing great. Excited to be back on here.
1: All right, all right. Uh, I asked you before the show what projects you're working on, and you had mentioned some high school stuff. And I'm curious because I don't know if you know this about me, but my first real job paid job didn't pay much it paid 12 grand a year was as the recruiting assistant at Pitt and basically what I did then was organize official visits tour kids around campus um, every day a huge bin of VHS tapes would come onto my desk and I would go through them all and 95% of the kids weren't good enough you know i mean <laughs> yeah and you know that was a while ago like i said i was at Pitt for Antonio Bryant's last season there, and both of Larry's years, so that was a while ago. I'm sure things have changed. And what are you guys doing now in the recruiting world?
0: Yeah, things have definitely changed. That bin of VHS tapes is now <laughs> huddle, and we get we get within a few days, we get all the high school video of the whole Cincinnati area. So it's pretty wild. Uh, it's kind of a trial for us to see. Uh, basically, who wants this sort of data? We work, We're working with right now a, uh, a TV station in town called WLWT. It's the NBC affiliate to provide them with all this high school data for the Cincinnati area, all the high schools in the Cincinnati area. We do what we do at all the other levels. We grade them. We collect the you know the signature stats that we're known for, and provide that to them to. Uh, sort of help out with their high school coverage. And we're just doing it to see if there is a market for it, if college teams want that we were in talks with, you know, some of these college programs that we work with to see if this is something they'd like, uh, you know, in their recruiting process, or if there's high school teams that are interested in, you know, using this data in their week to week, uh, sort of, uh, you know, pregame, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, prep. So it's, it's, I'm, I've graded probably now 20 or so high school games over the past six weeks. Uh, I'm in charge of, you know, sort of running how the data all goes in, uh, and so that's been a, uh, it's been interesting. There's a lot of a lot of bad players, but you see some guys on tape that you're like, okay, this guy could play at the college level. This guy might uh, this guy might do something. So I might be actually hearing his name, you know, in the NFL level at someday.
1: Yeah, and I've watched so many guys that ended up in the NFL. Um, You know, when they were 16, 17 years old, and now they're actually old dudes, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Revis, guys like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, it was great having that background. I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it. Um, Maybe you guys will even expand. Like when I was at Pitt, we did all of Ohio, we did all of PA, East Coast. Mm -hmm. But then I'd pop on a a film from Miami and be like, whoa. And then my last year, (laughs) my (laughs) last year. Yeah, well, (laughs) there's just so much speed. I mean, there were so many players that. Maybe we will get that guy because the two better than him are going to the U. Um, yeah. You know, and then the last year we put on – we we got into Houston, and that was even bigger. It was like watching college tape. I mean, the everything was bigger in Houston. It was Vince Young's year coming out. It was like everyone was big, and the stadiums were big, and the video mm-hmm. was good. I mean, it was really cool going around the, the country. Um, I'm just reminiscing here. And not to mention <laughs> – all those VHS tapes, we had thousands of them, and we had to store them all because we kept them for the next year to watch the juniors too. So mm-hmm. I just had walls of, of tapes, and I had to log them all in. And I mean, such a waste of time compared to what you guys do today.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, you know the rise of uh, you know the online stuff has actually like been the biggest boom to our business. Like the fact that we can just use our data and put it right into your video system is literally, you know, that if without that sort of capability, I don't think we even exist at this point.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, and, you know, just talking about Pro Football Focus, we have the Locked On Network and the Pro Football Focus has a cross-pollination promotion for you guys out there, too. I've told you about it before. I tell you about it a lot. But what you do is there's a chance to win a free PFF subscription, which uh, you get all kinds of player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy stuff like crazy, draft coverage, profiles of draft players, um, you know, DFS, team and player pages. I mean, there's just so much there. If you don't go to, you know, Pro Football Focus now every day, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, But Mike's part of it because he comes and joins me every Wednesday, as you know, and Jeff Ratcliffe joins Locked on Fantasy every Thursday. So check all those out. But this is what you got to do. You go to iTunes, you leave a review for my podcast, the Locked On NFL podcast, include your Twitter handle, and every week someone will pick out your name out of the hat and you can win a free subscription that's, you know, it's a $40 value. So it's something you absolutely have to do. Um, Mike, so you, you are working on a project with the Carolina offense, but before we go there, tell me if you're on board with this or not. Okay. I think that two months from now, or when the season's over, and we go back and look at week three, it's going to stand out as an anomaly. You know, the Jets won, the, the Bears beat the Steelers, Jacksonville blows somebody out. And here's my thoughts, are there's a handful of these teams whose season was basically on the brink. And anytime you take anyone lightly or back a NFL caliber team in the corner, they're going to bring a little extra. You know, that if you go 0-3, it's, it's unfortunately, it's basically over. I also think that it was unseasonably hot across the country. You know, teams like <sighs> Seattle getting worn down in 100 degree heat in Tennessee. And I, I say that because there was an inordinate amount of road dogs in week three in the betting world. So I think the home teams had an advantage in terms of weather and still early. And I still don't believe that, you know, all these players are you know, ready to play 60 snaps or so. And I also think that, you know, the elephant in the room, the whole anthem Trump thing was probably a massive distraction to every team. And, and I kind of just think that, you know, when I did power ranks yesterday, I, I looked at week three and thought this might be a major anomaly for the rest of the season.
0: I 100% agree with that. I think there were yeah. a lot of outcomes that were just incredibly surprising and not necessarily indicative of where each team's going for the mm-hmm. rest of the season. I, I kind of, I was, my picks were absolutely awful heading into the week. I want to burn oh, my last podcast from last Thursday because they, <laughs> the takes I had were just so off of what actually happened on the field. So, so in some degree, that's why I want it to be not an anomaly because I was so wrong about so many teams going into the week. But uh, yeah, I do agree. Just there were so many, like you mentioned, the weather, the protests, all that sort of stuff just played into a just a crazy. And all the road dogs, like you said, uh, or yeah, road favorites, like you said, played into a, just a crazy week where I, I think we sort of get back to normalcy here uh, in week four.
1: Or I'm just making excuses to make my myself feel better about awful picks like you. Yes, yeah, I like
0: I I have a thousand excuses for my picks this year. I I, I have no shortage of those.
1: <laughs> I love it. Okay. Also, you are working currently on Progressive brings you flowetry with flow.
0: When flow flows, she flows in the no, My ruminates. The rates shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best sometimes it's ours sometimes it's not when the fox walks is it called a fox trot that's a real question
1: compare progressive direct rates with competitors rates visit progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates comparison rates not available in all states or situations prices vary based on how you buy carolina's offense it's a tough watch right now man or
0: lack thereof yeah yeah (laughs) it's like
1: it it really
0: It really is it's just not like when you look at what they did in 2015 compared to now you're just like that's it's so, it's like similar personnel too and it just so, in some areas better personnel and not even close you know not even close to the same
1: level so a couple th- thoughts on it and you've studied it way more than I have and I haven't really broken mm-hmm. it down a lot clearly Newton is not playing well and and more than ever, I think you can look at the first couple games as an extension of the preseason. He only threw two passes in the preseason. You know, you look at guys like Flacco, the threw none that are struggling. Do you think he's maybe not healthy? Do you think he's rusty? Do you think he's uncomfortable with the changes in the offense? And then the piggyback off that I think that the philosophy's very obvious, and it's an one that needs to happen. In that we can't let Cam continue to play the game like Mike Goldstott. You know, like he can't. He's too important to the team. We can't use him like a battering ram ten times a game um, in the passing and running game. That we need to get the ball out of his hands quicker. So therefore, we draft McCaffrey and Samuel and short, easy throws. However. That's not Cam. <laughs> you know, you're asking him to yeah. do something he's not.
0: Yes, I, that's the biggest thing that, to me, is why I think they're even worse offensively than they, this year than they were a season ago and will continue to be, is because what they've done to the offense is, like you said, shorter, quicker throws. Uh, but when we did our you know, advanced tracking of ball placement a season ago, he was – and so when – and the ball placement uh, we had we tracked how often the throw was actually on a receiver's frame, so not actually if it was complete, uh, but whether it was you know onto the receiver's body uh, le- led him you know in a good spot. So he had was in the bottom three in terms of on receiver's frame for throws within one to five yards of the line of scrimmage. On screens and throws that led a receiver horizontally across the field, which that is Christian McCaffrey's route tree, if you you think about it. So he is in the bottom three in terms of accuracy among all quarterbacks in all those throws, which they're asking him to do more of those now. Like they're (laughs) asking him to execute that. So you're basically, you're, asking him to do more of what he's the worst at taking away like you mentioned some of that running threat and another thing is teams have sort of caught up to the fact that hey they're going to use cam newton as a uh you know as a running threat himself teams his uh, yards per carry on runs has dropped drastically from where it was in 2015 teams are ready for that and so when you add all those things up you just look at an offense that's not even close to where it was, like I said, in 2015.
1: Yeah, and you look at 2015, and i never seen a running game like it. You know, where it was a highly diverse, schemed-up running game, but it wasn't like, okay, we're going to design some quarterback runs. It was Cam's the foundation of our running game. And it worked yes. really well, but we realized it can't work forever. Or he'll be dead.
0: Yeah, at some point you do have to protect him, but it's the old, you know, do I utilize h- him to his fullest or do I wait till the postseason to do that? If I if I don't use him, I might not make the postseason. Though you know, yeah, it's a right. big part of the offense. I think we saw that from the Seahawks as well in recent years. Their offense has taken a step back because they've been like, oh, we yeah, we got to even last year, especially after he got hurt early on, they they just abandoned him as a running threat, abandoned him as a scrambler. And Cam Newton last year only had like. 10 or so scrambles all season long he was not they had definitely at some point told him do not scramble do not take unnecessary hits anymore uh and it's like that's part of what makes camp camp. like you know you're taking away that best part i get that you increase his risk of injury but at some point you got to let him be himself and do what he does best because that's so valuable in the nfl
1: i mean it's almost like hey nolan ryan don't throw fastballs
0: Yeah, you know, protect that arm, (laughs) take a few miles off. Yeah, Yeah,
1: right, because it's going to wear you down. But, well, then meanwhile, people are jacking them out of the park. You know I mean? It's a really Mm -hmm. difficult situation. And in the end, and the purists all out there say, told you so, you know, that you have to execute from the pocket within structure of the offense, or it's going to be a difficult climb.
0: Yeah, and the one thing, though, that I will say that I also found in the, when researching this article, is that, their wide receivers are still bad. Like, they are yeah. still not good. They had, he threw into the most tight window, had the most contested targets of any quarterback a season ago, which some of that's on, you know, Cam for throwing into those windows, but some of that's also his receivers can't separate. They, they just don't have a receiving core that is going to, you know, Kelvin Benjamin's not a guy who's going to get wide open down the field. You know, Devin Funchess also, you know, Greg Olson's a t- great tight end, but, you know, if he's matched up with someone who's, you know, a safety that, uh, his speed, it's not going to get that much separation. So, your when teams play man coverage against Cam Newton, he sort of crumbles. His his completion percentage is one of the worst in the NFL against man coverage. So, they needed weapons, but I think they got the wrong sort of weapons. They need down. They need Ted Ginn's. They need guys who will get downfield and create separation, not underneath separation, because that's not where Cam wins.
1: Yeah, you're right. And what's interesting, I've said this a lot in the podcast that. I think the Panthers have a very strong idea of who they are in terms of t- team building, and the 2015 version wanted big receivers for two reasons. First of all, they ran the ball like crazy, and they they don't want Deshaun Sean Jackson because he he doesn't block. You know, I mean, they want receivers mm-hmm. that can you know, uproot a linebacker or get in the way of a safety, and, and you know, because they're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, and also. Cam Newton isn't hyper-accurate. He's not Drew Brees. He needs guys with big catching radiuses. But mm-hmm. what you can see, though, is they lumber.
0: Yes. Uh, they, Kelvin Benjamin, to me, one of the more overrated receivers in the NFL because no – you get any sort of you get a cornerback with any sort of size on him and all of a sudden he has his whole you know makes Benjamin his whole advantage just disappears because he lives off of that sort of physical advantage uh, over a 59 five, 510 cornerback once that goes away he is just just a guy at that point
1: yeah right and funchis isn't much better but i still have a little hope for him maybe i'm being too optimistic there what does the olson injury mean to the passing game
0: Yeah, I mean that is that was Cam's go to guy. It's Mm -hmm. just only gonna get worse, you know, if you don't have a guy who is so he probably creates separation better than anyone else in that receiving core. You just you take him out of the lineup, you are they're really it's like like I said, it might be getting worse before it gets better at this point.
1: Yeah, I always thought he was the chain mover. You know, the third Mm -hmm. and six, you know, it's probably going to Olsen and you know. Um lastly, the usage of the rookies it's odd to me that they took two guys that are sort of similar, but after they took Samuel, I wondered, could he be Ted Ginn? You know, I mean, and more trick stuff, but could he be your burner downfield at some point? And McCaffrey, could he be not only doing what he's doing, but should he be their full-time slot receiver? Should he be their Welker?
0: I, I never thought that was Samuel's game was separating yeah. down the field. So that to me never really clicked, and they really haven't used used him uh, in no, that role. No. So I I don't think that's uh, they don't they really haven't replaced Calvin or excuse me they really haven't replaced Ted Ginn. There really hasn't been a guy who's been able to create that separation down the field, which is a big you know another big thing. And McCaffrey, yeah, I mean they're utilizing him the way he where I would utilize him in terms of. Uh, you know, they're moving him around a bit, but like I said, it's not, it's not doing what Cam Newton does best. Like where he wins is not where Cam also wins. So it's, it's just from that perspective, it's a bad fit. So, uh, it, I, I liked it on paper, you know, the fact that they were adding weapons that were dynamic and that they do a lot of different things in the running game that they can utilize those guys in, but in the passing game, it's just, it's not helping Cam at all at this point.
1: Yeah. And speaking of recruiting, we recruited Ted Ginn when he was coming out and, you know, he was a, uh. From Cleveland, he's a he's a tar bludder. That was the the name of their, their their high school. But he almost went to the Olympics as a hurdler. And it it is odd to me that they didn't have a burner. You know, they have to throw deep. And Benjamin and Funchess aren't those guys.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe Demary Bird is maybe, but like, but but not even. It's still like that's not. I'm not trusting him to be that guy, and he really hasn't been either. So they that's why I I would have liked to have seen them go out and get someone like that, but they, someone like Terrell Pryor even would be a better deep threat in this offense than what they have, but like I said, it just it doesn't look good on paper right now, just uh, every, how, how all the pieces fit together just doesn't look like it's going to work.
1: Last question, and we'll let you run, um, <laughs> if you're fixing this offense, I know it's only week three, but the offseason rolls around, what's your priority? What, what do you want to find in the draft or free agency to help this process along?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the speed receiver, someone that can win down the field, uh, and just someone that's a true ex-receiver. You know, if you added a Julio Jones, just obviously sure. that's a pipe dream. But, you know, a true number one type receiver who can do it all, I think, would be huge for them.
1: I mean, Sammy um, Watkins or, you know. Yeah,
0: just something like that. Yeah, right. obviously. A that number one. would be huge for them. And I would, truthfully, I would go even, not even more run heavy, but you have to use, I would also – Scheme Cam Newton some runs himself. You have to utilize him in the run game. Get more creative in that regard and use up-tempo. That, to me, would be the biggest thing. I saw them against the Saints have some option plays that the Saints just didn't look ready for. You have an option play that the Saints don't you know defend well. You you sprint up to the line of scrimmage, you run that exact same play again because no, odds right. are they're not going to know how to do it the next play. Because And I think it was the first quarter they ran a triple option that went for 17 yards. They didn't run that again until the second half, the same run. So it, it's like... I think to go up tempo with all those weapons they have would be the best option because teams just can't account for it. You know, there's certain, if you, if you get a team stuck in a certain personnel against, you know, someone like Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden you run, you know, run plays to him again and again, where they're not ready for. I I think that's the biggest thing that I would add to this offense.
1: Yeah. Right now they're sort of neutering Newton, you know, and maybe he's really injured. I mean, if, if he can't take hits right now, then you can't ask him to do that, but uh, it's not working. Yeah, not at all. All right, Mike. This was great. We will talk next Wednesday. Uh, tell everyone where where to find you about your podcast and your Twitter feed. And you're doing some phenomenal work for Pro Football Focus.
0: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at pff underscore Mike, and then I do a podcast that comes out Friday mornings that uh, where we preview all the week's games uh, i do it with sam monson who works with me so uh we do it actually from a bar here in cincinnati so if you're in the cincinnati area come check us out at uh queen city radio on thursdays from four to six
1: very very cool all right thanks so much and everyone check me out tomorrow we'll be pre- previewing the game and i think we'll do twitter thursday At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 1031 17.